0: Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by CaliberMind. This is your podcast to learn the skills you need to succeed in leadership. Today, I'm joined by Dale Swazinski. Dale, thanks so much for coming back. Today, we're going to talk about aligning marketing strategy with sales needs. What's the first thing that pops into your mind?
1: Once again, communication and alignment on like quality leads. Um, I think we talked about this the other day is how do we, you know, What's the ICP? How are we going to align it? And when we're getting leads, like not just dumping a bunch of leads. One of the things I see people do really bad, even on the sales side, is they hi- they overhire. So like we're going to hire a bunch of salespeople because we think we're going to get all these leads. Let's get the process down proper. And I think doing a proper handshake between marketing and sales. And I always think like people talk about handovers a lot. Like I'm going to hand over a lead from marketing to sales and I'm going to hand over from sales to, to CS and I think that's where a lot of challenges become. So, doing a handshake and getting marketing and sales potentially in a call a conversation, how this thing's going, um, I think would be the, be a, a good starting point.
0: What I've seen, and I don't let's see if this resonates with you, a lot of marketing strategies that um, are big awareness drivers take about six months mm-hmm. to really pay off. And we have salespeople who need to hit their goal now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I see too often is that the marketing leader gets focused on this major project and forgets to feed the sales team.
1: Do you yeah, see- and it, I don't know if there's a feeding mechanism here. What What I would like to see more um, is having sales generate content, like write content, and have marketing edit the content. Like, because uh, it's not necessarily that sales are good or not good at writing content, but marketing can help them. But what marketing needs to understand is like, we can't make it too fluffy. Like there's a, there's a dynamic, like I I think of marketing and sales. Like I think of marketing at like the 30,000 foot level, like how are we going to drive awareness? What are we going to do for brand? How are people going to find us? And if we can say that to sales, like, we're going to help you with awareness that when you go to schedule a meeting or get a meeting or do outbound, it's going to be like super, it's going to be much easier for you guys than for you guys to have to generate your own awareness. So what I would do as a marketing leader in that perspective is have a side project on how can we start enabling the sales team to generate awareness at a micro level while we generate, while marketing generates awareness at a macro level. Mm -hmm. So it could be, Content on LinkedIn, it could be a little YouTube video, like it could be a lot of different things. But that's what I would do. As I'm doing the macro, I'm gonna get brand awareness in six to eight months. The sales team already knows customers, prospects, and CS, by the way, knows customers as well. Like, how can we get brand equity and awareness through our current customer prospect base? Our salespeople are out there all the time. Like, how can we enable? How can marketing help enable? the sales and marketing team to drive the micro-awareness?
0: Yeah, I guess what I've seen from my side is one, sales is sometimes reluctant to have marketing touch what they're doing because they think they're going to get long-winded, which happens. Um, The other side of that is as soon as a rich converting lead source starts to dwindle, I have five salespeople at my desk telling me I'm doing the wrong thing.
1: It, it You know, I think we have to trust each other. Like yeah. there's, there's this, this sense of trust. Like, I think I go back like to like sports. So I played soccer in college and I have to trust like as a, when I played, you know, back, I had to trust that if I kicked the ball up to the forward that David Ford was going to take the ball and go try to score. Right. <laughs> so like it's that same mechanism that, you know, we have to trust each other and trust that we're going to figure out the ways to do it. I think where we start losing trust is if, and this is probably a little bit more me, but if people aren't trying to change, if something's not working, like if something's not working, totally cool. What are we going to do to change what's not working? Like too many times I'll hear this doesn't work or that doesn't work. It's like, okay, great. It's not working, but what are we going to, how are we going to try to fix it? How are we going to try to change it? Do we need a brainstorming session? Like let's all get in a room and do this together so that we can trust whatever we come up with as a majority is going to, we're going to go forward together.
0: That's a great point. And I think the organizations where I've seen it work, it goes back to alignment. If the sales Mm -hmm. leaders bought in and advocating that buys you some additional patience too.
1: Yeah. But you said something really interesting, like, if the sales leader, like if there's not a trust at the sales leadership, at the revenue leadership level, let's just call it revenue leadership. So marketing and sales together, like if we stop segmenting them into silos and say the revenue leader team believes this, and if we go in there with a united front and we don't, we're not undercutting each other, back to trust, back to alignment and expectations on a weekly basis. Like if we're not hitting our goals, then there's something broken. What is it? that's something broken. So a lot of times, like even with our clients, when we go in, they think the problem is one thing. So they're like, we need more top of funnel or we need more leads. One client was like, we just need more leads. We have, you know, we have four BDRs, we have some AEs, we have six CS people, like we need more leads. So when we went in, we were like, okay. So we looked at it. It wasn't a problem. They were getting plenty of leads. The problem was the HubSpot process was broken. So leads were getting stuck in HubSpot and they were like not getting followed up with. And it's like, and there were like a bunch of workflows that are overwriting each other. And like, so it's like, okay, the problem really isn't you need more leads. That may be a problem later on. But the first problem is like, let's fix the process and let's get the process running properly and then see what we have.
0: I mean... I was not going to go down the tooling road, but now that you've mentioned it, I have to because you're so right. I can't tell you how many organizations have the lead to nowhere. You might as well burn yeah. the money in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. And the other issue I've seen is improper lead gating mechanisms. So they're sending mm-hmm. leads over whenever there's an enrichment thing that runs. Yep. No, no yep. don't do that.
1: Or have proper lead scoring, like really look at your lead scoring. Like, is it right? Once again, just like you would revisit your ICP every six months. Like don't say, Hey, I built a lead scoring mechanism, like, you know, 18 months ago. Like, does that really work anymore? Are you, did you get feedback from CS that that's really working? Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we've been thinking about lately, because I've done so many start, like built stuff, for so many startup companies when I go in, it's like, what's your real problem. So we actually started thinking about like the special operations of go to market. I, I was watching a, a documentary on the Navy SEALs. And I'm like, they went in originally thinking that it was one thing, but it was something completely different. They had to change their whole strategy on the fly, one, not to die. And two, like to, you know, save like what, what whatever their mission was. And so I kind of think of it the same way when I'm going in to talk to a team or whatever it is, like the, what the problem is that you're having may be the problem. I I'm not saying it's not. However, like if you scratch on the surface and go a couple of levels deeper, is it that you have enough leads and they're just getting sit like no one's following up with them. And then marketing's like, I'm sending you leads and sales is like, they're crap. And it's like, no one's following up on the good ones. It's like, oh my God.
0: I, I'm having flashbacks to earlier <laughs> in my career when I was in RevOps. ops. And you're right. Every time I came into an organization, the first thing I spent a lot of time on was the marketing to sales handoff because somehow... And I'd come in with a theory and always be proven wrong because there's so many things that can break. Yeah, yeah, 100%. that's a that's a fantastic place. A hundred
1: percent. And and so it's actually we haven't talked about this role in the go to market strategy, but revenue operations to me, like it it's getting such a weird term because people like they they're not really defining it well. But if no. you have a really good revenue operations person that can tie lead flow into sales into CS and understand like conversion rates. And this is where I'm going back to data. Like, can I trust the data? Like, that's the next thing. Like, okay, so now if we transition you into a new HubSpot migration and we're in a new HubSpot instance, can I trust the data that's coming out of that? Like, this is where my tech geeky mind ends up going. Like, I really wanna understand, can I trust the data? Cause now I can make decisions based on the data. But the reason why people don't make decisions on data cause they don't always trust it. So they're like, I'm never, so you gotta fix once again, Let's fix the the root of the problem so that we can make better decisions.
0: You are so right. I'm really involved with the RevOps Co-op. They've got about 11,000 members and run regular surveys on how RevOps is defined. And so many organizations are still myopically focused on one department. And that can shift. The other issue is they're not giving them exposure to frontline or executive managers.
1: Yeah. And I, you know... They need a seat at the table somewhere. And I'm not sure. Like what I've seen, but it's starting to shift is like most RevOps people start at sales ops and now they're moving into ops I'm seeing like there's super good ones out there, like Lisa Kelly, David Maxey. Like there's some really, really good ops people out there. Um, and they really look across the whole life cycle. And if you if you get that person, like keep them with everything you can because it's so rare right now. And if you can get the good data, then you can really find where your problem is. It's like, oh, I need more leads. No, maybe like you don't need more leads. You got to keep your customers because they're like falling out of the bottom of the funnel. Like who knows?
0: Oh, I think the hard, you're absolutely right. I think what's hard though is when a company hasn't realized yet that they don't have product market fit.
1: Yeah, so we deal with a lot of um a lot of founder led sales and they're trying to get the product market fit the challenge becomes well i've seen the challenge becoming is they're spending a lot of money with a bunch of leaders but they don't have the foundation the the process built properly once again like bring people in that can build the entire process for you then bring the leader in that can execute on the process because i've and i struggled with this when i was when i was doing full time work like i couldn't build the strategy and the process and do the work all at the same time. Like you drop something. Like I, what I tell a lot of founders and and people that are trying to do this. Like you probably have ten priorities for a year. Let's call it ten priorities. The the revenue leader can probably do two or three. But like four to six is like just as important. You just can't do them all. So like like how how do you how do you fill that gap? And that's really where I think if you strategically bring people in to like to scale this and build this you can do it properly but you can't bring in like okay I'm going to hire a CRO and a head of marketing but then like you run out of you run out of runway like that's what we see and then all of a sudden the founder's like now I gotta like you know bring in somebody else because these guys aren't doing their job it's not really that they're not doing their job you just haven't set the right, right expectations and now you got to go try to find someone else to do it
0: that's so logical <laughs> just makes sense Thank you, Dale. I'm looking forward to talking about our next topic. Is your churn linked to marketing? I'm I'm fascinated. I like this one. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends. Subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibervine.com.